0: N E T S U I T E dot com slash W T F. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What, what is happening? Happy Thursday. I hope you got everything you wanted. I hope you got, I hope you're all sated, sated and, uh, celebrated. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm carrying about three pounds. I don't want. Is that wrong to say? Right out of the gate. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why can't you eat four pieces of trace leches cake and a piece of olive oil cake or three and some cobbler with vanilla ice cream in six minutes? Why can't you do all that? There, I, sh- I should have won something at that party. There should have been an award given when someone said, "Did we didn't even put the icing on that cake yet. Who ate all that? Uh, me? I thought it was done. It was not supposed to. It's just not. Oh, it's got. You're gonna put icing on it? I'll I'll try it with the icing then. Yeah, I was that guy. I was the guy who showed up early when the caterers were still putting out food at the at, a, at friends of mine houses. Their house they had a catered event. Uh, my buddy Al Madrigal and his uh, wife Kristen do this every year, and I always show up. At if it's a party supposed to start at six, I'm there about six o two. I made a olive oil cake. What did you make? Did you make anything? I made two olive oil cakes. Here's what happened. you guys let me let's before we really delve into my eating disorder on this holiday, why don't we talk uh, frankly about uh who's on the show. Brittany Howard is on the show today. You may know her as the guitarist and singer of Alabama Shakes. Uh, She released her first solo album in September called uh, Jamie, which is great. It's always the Alabama Shakes records. Great. She's an amazing talent, as us older host types say. This woman is one of the great talents coming up. She'll be here in a little while. But getting back to the cakes, see, now what's happened is I remember it from back in the day like I'm saying this to people who might have been there before you guys remember when the Madrigals used to cook their own food and now they got caterers doing it you remember back when the Madrigals did their own food cooking Kristen's a great cook she made the Yule log I'm giving you too much information I don't know if she wants this much attention or if Al does Al's a great actor and comic been a friend of mine for years we don't talk as much as we should but when we do talk we always enjoy it maybe we should just leave it at that why push it once twice a year how much do you need from a person so, here's what happened to me. As some of you know, I was in uh, I was in Atlanta shooting some uh, footage for a movie, and I've got this ridiculous beard going. And uh, Lynn just told me that my my head looks good long, my face looks good long. That can't be true. I have an enormous head. I think she's being generous, and now I have this long beard, so it makes my face look longer. And I must look like some. I must look like a strange, some kind of like weird. Like is that guy? half human half head (laughs) that's what that is giant head so anyways I ate a bunch of cake I ate a bunch of cake in Atlanta because it was left over on the set and I ate it compulsively and quickly and it got me. It got me. Got my, my. Got my sugar jones going again, right? So I'm flying back from Atlanta, and then I'm on the plane, and I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, man! I forgot I downloaded this New York Times recipe app, the New York Times cooking business." So I'm on the plane, and I'm like, "I, I haven't been using that enough. Let's take a look at what's going on. Maybe some holiday ideas. Ooh, cakes. When was the last time I made a cake?" Point being, I got home from Atlanta and I just you know, dug in. I pulled out my old baking pans. I started going at it. I wanted to make a perfect olive oil cake because I like olive oil cake. It seems simple. But really, in my heart, what I wanted to do was when you have a compulsive uh, eating thing, which anybody does around cake, uh, you bake the cake because you want to see if you can bake the cake, you know, primarily to eat about a quarter of it and then figure out how not to throw away the rest and get rid of it. That's the game. I'm going to bake a cake. I'm going to eat like a few pieces of it quickly, judge the cake, and then figure out what do I do with the rest of this cake? Do I throw it away? Do I go give it to my neighbor? Do I have people over? Do I put it in my car in case I run into somebody that needs cake? That happens. Dude, do you need a cake? Fuck yeah, I do. You're in luck. I have one in my car. So... I made two olive oil cakes, because the first one I fucked up, I put one too many eggs in it. It was still delicious. I ate a bunch of it. So, so you understand what I'm saying? So that's three pieces of the one that wasn't made properly, but was excellent. Then three pieces of the one that I didn't know what to do with, so i bring it over to Al's. So I ate half a cake. That's what happened. And I got over to Al's early, Showed I sliced the cake, I took it out, I didn't take, bring it as a cake, I brought it as slices of cake. And I, and I did, you know, as people walked in and they were looking at things, they're, if they just look towards where my cake was, I'm like, that, that's an olive oil cake. You like that? I made that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's like all this beautiful food everywhere. Whole plates of like cold cuts and cold cuts. Is that What do you call that now? Charcuterie? How about a platter of cold cuts? Nope. It was charcuterie, which is expensive cold cuts that aren't really cut for sandwiches. With cheese, breeze. Humboldt fog is that the one with the blue line in it that won the prizes i think so chunks of cheddar the point is i fucking ate everything i ate cheese like i would never eaten cheese before waited around for the tacos people were eating it before it was it what am i talking about people i did it i did it i ate stuff before i'm eating the meat before the tortillas come out with my hands like i fucking never ate before i had a good time though a lot of comics were there. I saw Burr. Burr was there. was Leggero, Weinbach and his two brothers. There were three Weinbachs. Louis Katz was there. Isn't I is outing people? Brendan Walsh. Hadn't seen him in a while. That was fun. Tom Papa. Yeah, and then some people I didn't know. There were other comics there, too, that I feel like I'm missing people. Always nice to to hang out the, with the crew, meet some new people, eat some food. So much Trace Veche's cake. Here's what I'm getting at. I'm about 3 pounds uncomfortable. Not that it fucking matters. I'm sure there's plenty of people that can relate to this. How many of us put on a few pounds over the holidays? Raise them up. See? Look at that. Almost everybody. <laughs> All right. So I got a Christmas story for you. You know how you hear a lot of a lot of, you know, these stories about people goodwill, you know, like people forgiving debts, people feeding the homeless. You know, nice people going to hospitals, and you know, bringing presents to um, people with cancer, whatever. I'm going to share my touching Christmas story. It's not. It's not too sad. It's only sad. No, it's not. Well, depends what your spectrum is for sensitivity on this. But like, if I told you I got a flat tire on Christmas morning, would 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 that be sad to you? Or just sort of like that's a bummer i would hope that would be more the response not like oh my god that's terrible mark i got a flat at al magical's house like i got a flat two days ago and i went and, I, and, and and it was a slow leak i didn't know how bad it was going to leak and i drove my my car to al's house for the party knowing that it might run out of air by the end of the party which it did and uh, then i had to change the tire but there was a bunch of people there and I, it's amazing how stubborn i there were two teenage boys there with their dad and some other guests who, but I'm changing the tire. I'm fucking loosening, I'm loosening the lug nut, nuts on my own. I know how to change a tire. I'm not a fucking incapacitated. I'm not some old guy. And all of a sudden I'm surrounded by like boys and men who are just hijacking the process. And I'm like, no, I got this. And Al's like, why don't you let the, them do it? I'm like, what am I? What, what am I, 70? What am I, incapable? So I had to like just surrender that. And, and let them do it. These were friends of Al's. And I asked him how much I should tip him. And he said, you don't tip. People who are just helping you change a tire. And they're guests of mine. They're my friends. They're not, we didn't call them. So anyway, I drove it home the next morning. I immediately got a patch. And then like all of a sudden it's leaking like fuck again. And I don't know what to do And the, and on Christmas morning, it's flat. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm, finally, I get to change my own tire without interference. I can be, I just do the manly thing, prove to myself. And to others that I can change a tire, yeah, probably in about ten minutes. So I'm going at it in my driveway. I got my dumb little jack that comes with the car. Got the tire. I loosened the lug nuts, which took all my body body weight almost. And I'm about to change the tire. Then the dude across the street, who I don't really know, who I talk to, I've made assumptions about. He's definitely a car guy. He's got an old truck. He's got a Corvette. He drives a motorcycle. He lives in the house across from me. I made assumptions about him. Like, he's one of those hot rod dudes. Like, you know, kind of like a dude, dude, alpha, you know, dude, fucking car guy, guy. Which, I, you know, I got no beef with that. My buddy Dean's one of those guys. But I just never, I, I never thought that we'd, you know, whatever... I never thought we'd cross paths or that we'd become friends. I, I met him, and but it always seemed like, I'll tell you what it seemed like, me projecting a personality onto a person and then reacting to that personality as if he's that person, that guy. So I'm in the middle of uh, doing my own manly thing with my tire, and he comes walking over. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, I uh, got a flat. I'm going to put the spare on. He's like, do you want me to bring my jack, the good kind? You know, the car guy jack? The kind that's like you know i don't remember what you call them but you know the kind they have a tire places i'm like i got it. he's like no you don't those are that, that jack says those are terrible but leave it up i'll go get my jack and we'll just knock it out and i'm like all right okay car guy so he goes and gets his jack and then all of a sudden i'm i'm not doing it i'm not i got you know i was going at it with my jack with the little jack r- rising to the occasion overcoming obstacles. But now Troy, the car guy, has got my car up. He's got his lug nut thing. He's fucking taking it off. He says he's got he's got a patch thing kid, at his house. He's got a compressor. You know, we're we're and he was watching a movie. He comes out. The point of this story is not to be judgmental or feel that I was um, emasculated. It was that he saw me changing my tire from his kitchen window. He's in the middle of watching a movie on Christmas morning, comes over to help me change my tire. It was a very nice thing to do. And we found out there was a second nail in the tire. And that's the deeper message here, I think, is that um, you know sometimes you get a flat and you get it fixed only to find that your tire had two nails in it. What's that about? I don't know, but it sounds like one of those analogies to me sometimes you think you got one nail in you and you got two so you're still leaking that's what that means put that in the buddha book hey why am i still leaking not your day man got a second nail in you two fucking nails in the same fucking tire in the same period of time different sized nails Anyway, that was the Christmas story that my neighbor came and helped me change my tire on Christmas morning, and I appreciate that. I'm very excited to talk to uh, my guest, Brittany. I was very excited to talk to her, Brittany Howard's an amazing singer and songwriter and guitar player, too, and I just was always sort of like, what is up with that person? And I got an opportunity to, to find out a little. So this is me talking to Brittany, who is lead singer and guitarist of Alabama Shakes, also her first solo album, Jamie. Uh, was released in September. It's very good. They're all good. She's nominated for two Grammys, Best Rock Song and Best Rock Performance for History Repeats, the name of the tune. And uh, this is uh, me and her talking when she came over that time.
1: You play SGs? I play SGs. I I also, I don't really care what guitar I play as long as it, it's not brand new. Because in brand yeah. new pickups, they bother me.
0: But the SG definitely has uh, a tone.
1: Well, mine is actually kind of broken. Really? Yeah, so the pickups are kind of yeah. corroded, so yeah. it has a different sound. Oh, really? Which is why I kept playing it. It's corroded on the inside? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And, and I told everybody, that don't fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because if you fix
1: it, I, this is, then I can't play it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've got a one of a kind right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't fuck it up. Exactly.
0: So. And, uh, but, but it is kind of weird, because I've owned own a couple guitars. I'm not a professional guitar player, but um, that's one of the ones I don't have is that SG. And mm. that, those things, they, get, they got a real edge to them. They got a real bite to them. Mm-hmm. And you play the shit out of it
1: yeah that, thank you yeah i, I guess I, I do what it's created for yeah um it it can it can get hot when yeah. i need it to get hot and yeah it can mellow out too so. right
0: it can right yeah yeah and
1: it's I, not too heavy no that's the thing i can't yeah. play a les paul too heavy It then kills my shoulder it does too, right too yeah it's yeah i don't know i can't i can't fly away with that thing
0: yeah you know who else said that you know uh for the exact the reason he plays SGs is Angus Young uh-huh. from ACDC. Yeah,
1: it's hard to move around with a Les Paul. You got to work out. They're
0: they're heavy. Yeah. So when did you start like to play playing guitar?
1: I first started playing guitar when I was eleven years old. That's about when I started. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And what uh, did you want to? Or did your mom make you or? No, I really wanted to. Yeah. I saw a band play for the first time when I was eleven, and that same instant i was like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life that's it just watch it it was just a band like from our school playing at this in the old school gym yeah on stage yeah they they probably weren't even that good but i remember it being like them being gods
0: really were they like a high school band or? yeah it was just kids like four years older than me <laughs> you don't you don't remember what they were playing or anything you just remember it was cool i just
1: remember their band name was stoned
0: phillips stoned phillips <laughs> yeah if there's anyone
1: from stoned <laughs> phillips listening reach out yes and wh- where'd you grow up i grew up in uh, north alabama a town called athens alabama north Ar- i have no sense of that uh, i So no- just,
0: s- just right up top but what was the scene there? I mean, I've heard of Athens, Georgia. I never heard of Athens, Alabama. How'd you end up there? Are your folks from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, on both sides of my family we' we've been there for generations, oh really, yeah, just the same area for like you know two hundred years. Wow, that's yeah, pretty crazy
0: do Do you know about it? Do you know about the the history of your family?
1: Ah, uh, not much, no? just a little bit you know not 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 too 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 much. I always ask my dad, too, like, Dad, tell me about, you know, where we're yeah. from and what it's, what it's about. Yeah. And he just, you know, he told me one story that um, my great-great-grandfather actually owned a lot of land, which was very unusual for huh. a black man back then. Oh, yeah. Where we're from. So I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I owned a lot of acres, like, I mean, 100-plus acres. Really? Yeah. In but, Alabama? Mm-hmm, Alabama. And, and that's, that's the coolest kind of fact I have, really. <laughs> we don't really focus so much on... <laughs> The past. No. Yeah.
0: It's not it's not of interest necessarily or
1: no, it's just where you're going.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you're going's better. Yeah. Yeah. Than where where, where everything came come from. from? Yeah, 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 yeah. You sort of cover that on the new record a little bit, mm-hmm. don't you? Kind of spinning out like getting out of the past and repeating yourself and acknowledging where you are and how you're gonna move forward.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not a new train of thought by any means.
0: <laughs> no, but but it's one of those ones. When you're up against it, you know, getting lost in nostalgia or what could have been, mm-hmm. it, it it is something the brain will do if you let it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's our base nature is to stay where it's comfortable. Mm. You know, we're just human beings and we're still related to the cavemen and that's still part of our brain. Yeah. So we want to stay where it's comfortable. But yeah. then for me, it's so much more exciting to just keep moving forward and keep moving ahead. And
0: you Have know, you always been like that?
1: Yeah. 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 I actually have to practice too, like being still, uh-huh. being present. Yeah. Because I'm always flying. Like I just want to go do the next thing and see how that feels. And I'm I'm just a person that really craves like experiences and Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. No fear? <clears throat> no, I have fear, but also it's like I'm gonna die too, like eventually. <laughs> so just let's let's do something. <laughs> yeah. Let's do something while we're here. Right. Yeah, something good, hopefully.
0: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what what kind of uh what was your family what was uh how many are there of you?
1: There's me. Yeah. And there's my mom and my dad. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. When I was younger I had a sister yeah. who passed away from a really rare form of cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was about twenty one years ago now.
0: That's the one that her name was Jamie. Jamie and you named the record for her? I
1: did, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you remember her?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's the craziest thing. Like, I don't know if you have in your life anyone that you're very close to that passed away.
0: In high school, I knew a guy. Right. Yeah. But
1: they're, they remain huh. with you. So there's not a day that really goes by that I don't talk to her, ask for advice. To me, that's a very natural, like, relationship to have with, with someone who's passed over.
0: Was she older than you?
1: Mm-hmm. Four years.
0: Four years. And how old was she when she passed? 13. Oh. So you were like... You were nine.
1: Yeah, I was nine years old. So that's not like you know you, that you got memories. Yeah, I got memories. Absolutely good memories, great memories, and you know, of course, bad ones too. But it, it's a waste of time to really focus on those bad memories. Like I what nine?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, my sister is someone I celebrate, and naming a record after her just felt like the only possible scenario. Yeah. Because it's something I, I'm doing for the first time on my own, uh-huh. producing, yeah, uh, writing all the songs on my own, making all the decisions for the tonality of the record and what's being said and how I'm saying it and how everything's coming across. Uh-huh. And that's me. And then within that, a big part of me was my sister and, and the memory she left me. Because all the things she loved, yeah. I she taught me how to love them. Like what? Uh, art. Yeah? M- music. Yeah instruments learning
0: she knew that like she knew that much that was what she was into when she was oh young. yeah she was brilliant oh.
1: absolutely brilliant she was a poet uh. musician artist she could do anything and she taught me how to do everything because we didn't have a lot of money when i was growing up so my sister's like oh, i'll show you how to have fun you know? yeah we'll go back out here pretend we're riding horses and yeah. just run around the yard you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah oh so that's those are great memories
1: Yeah, it's, it is great it's good
0: that like I, I as as tragic as it is it's good that you have them you know i talked to um Sean Lennon in here. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, he, you know, he has to kind of nurture and maintain because he was five, right? When John got shot. So he has to kind of protect those few that he has Mm -hmm. and hold them like, you know, you know, kind of nurture them. Yeah. So they stay alive. Absolutely. Isn't that a trip? And like he, in the same way he, you know, he learned about who his father was through learning how to play Beatles songs. Wow. Is why you guys are on the same label, I think. Wow, are you, I, but ATO. Yeah, yeah. He, his. I think that's the Les Claypool thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the same way, you know, you kind of remember your sister is giving you these gifts of interest in these things that she was passionate about, mm-hmm. so that stays alive.
1: Yes, stays alive, but also saying the name and then not bringing any sorrow or sadness but it's like saying the name and feeling powerful and empowered by it and saying like this is my resistance to falling into being sad and staying in the memory trap and never living my own life because of grief and I think naming the record Jamie after my sisters also really helped my parents as well oh yeah yeah because now that there's something attached to it that's not sadness oh right and it's me. I made it. So yeah. they get to look at that and say it and be proud. And I have to worry about what people think. You know.
0: Yeah. So did did you find that the the grief, uh, like just hung over them the, your whole life, of losing her?
1: Yes. Hmm. Twenty years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. My dad. He he he. They're, they're absolutely different people. They're totally different people. My mother and my father. My dad, I feel like he dealt with it in his own private way, and my mother had a much harder time. Yeah, they're yeah. not together? No, 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 they split. Yeah. yeah? Same year my sister passed away, they split.
0: Do you think it was because of that? Because they couldn't handle the weight of it?
1: I think they were just, it, despite whether my sister had survived or passed away, I think they probably should have split. Yeah, they're, they're just too different. <laughs> yeah? Yeah.
0: What's What's your old man do?
1: He's a used car salesman.
0: And what's your mom do?
1: Um... My mom she she works with animals. Yeah, you know, rescues animals.
0: Oh really? Yeah. She's an animal person. Definitely. Freelance animal rescuer. Or she do it for freelance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime there's an animal in need of rescuing, she'll
1: come. That says she got like five German shepherds, two potbelly pigs. A potbelly pig. Like 20 goats just goats. Yeah. Did yeah. she milk them? Uh no, thank God. <laughs> Her goat, her goat she needs to get some more goats in the breeding population because they're coming out weird now they are yeah some some of them got three nipples some of them ain't got no nipples Does <laughs> she live on a farm I hope, yeah they got like a farm okay. situation it's
0: not an apartment or no a, or, or a house <laughs> it's just crammed with goats
1: Oh, yeah, she needs to be on animal planet
0: <laughs> oh that sounds funny If that was the case so like in the spirit like well that well that's interesting because like I've talked to I've had Blake Mills in here I know Blake mm-hmm. you know kind of like mm-hmm. I talked talk to him because uh, you know he's kind of an amazing guitar player but he did such an amazing job you know producing uh sound and color your record right mm-hmm. you work with that guy mm-hmm. and then the i don't like the the first record who did your first record uh produced it uh, we, we did you just did it yeah which sounded great
1: yeah we did we were really young too like now that i think about it that was a very long time ago it was right 2012
0: like, 11 12 yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy
1: yeah
0: i mean and, and so when does it start to like, you start playing at 11, which I imagine in, in in the shadow of losing your sister had to bring some relief too, right? The guitar.
1: Yeah, I just, um, me growing up as a child, there was a lot of grief and sadness. So I think having my own power over yeah. my own world through creation, yeah, that was my bright spot. Yeah. So I would just go in my room and taught myself how to play
0: yeah from chord charts or what i just listened just, really just figured i should have no
1: guitar lessons no 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 Nope.
0: and you were just on like a borrowed acoustic
1: well it was my sister's guitar she oh. she had a guitar from like make a wish foundation i think it was it was like one of these old jc penny les paul knockoffs oh yeah to this day i won't play les paul so it's a, so it's uh It was electric you started with? It was electric. I didn't have an amp for the longest time, so I just, I mean, I was just, I just wanted to play, and I made it happen.
0: And were you just, were you learning songs?
1: Yeah, you know, I started off with the songs I could figure out, like Green Day. uh, Green Day's your first ones? Yeah. I learned how to play Longview Uh on somebody's bass, because I didn't have, you know, like, I I had smashed that guitar, because my mom, she, (laughs) this is a terrible story, but (laughs) I smashed my sister's guitar because my mom was, it was so precious to my mother, and I don't think my mother was understanding that, like, I am playing the guitar. I Um. know it belongs to my sister, but this is now my guitar. So I went and smashed it.
0: (laughs) Really? To teach your mom a lesson?
1: Oh, God. It was a horrible thing to do, but I was just frustrated. I was just so frustrated, and and, uh, I smashed it, and I was like, now I'll have to get a new one. (laughs) Interesting. So, like... (laughs)
0: It's, it, but it's it you were how old were you when you did that I was like 13 I was 11 12. 11
1: yeah i was a kid
0: so yeah. was it do you think it was because that your frustration because like your your mom wasn't quite seeing who you were because she was so consumed with losing her other daughter i think
1: that was exactly it and i don't think at the time when i was a kid i even had the like comprehension of why i was actually doing it I yeah th- i was just angry well yeah I smashed
0: it well, because like it's just sort of like it's that thing. It's also the thing that you're talking about not doing, which is essentially yeah. living in the past.
1: Yeah, I think that's why. Um, that, yeah, never thought about it, Mart. <laughs> yeah, this?
0: yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, that could it could that could be that moment.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Wow. I mean, I then it might all stem from from just the, the hanging on to the, the past, the, to the to the sort of like to to the the, the grief. Yeah, of of losing a daughter, losing a sister, mm-hmm. and that that moment where you fought back at it was essentially a strangely musical moment. <laughs> in a way, you trashed your first guitar to get out of the past and to to own yourself from your mother's, you know, to free yourself from your mother's, uh, you know, or
1: uh, well, from the world we were living in. Yeah, it was just that. It was just that world, and um, you know, what world was that? Oh, just you know the blinds are shut Dark in the house that kind of world oh yeah yeah and you know i didn't even get a new guitar for the longest time when i smashed it was kind of <laughs> ironic i smashed that guitar it was literally the only guitar I ever
0: had. and so you were without a guitar
1: <laughs> yeah i had to borrow one from alabama shakes guitar player heath i borrowed his sg because he just had an extra guitar and that's that's
0: you're yeah. a guitar player
1: yeah i borrowed a guitar from him you knew him when you were a kid um no i when I smashed that guitar up, yeah. I think uh only thing I had left was like my music teacher let me borrow an acoustic guitar. There you go. So that's all I had. So you had a
0: music teacher.
1: Oh, well, like band, like marching band. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, of course I was a marching <laughs> band.
0: <laughs> what instrument did you play in marching band?
1: I played the bass drum. Oh, yeah? Marching bass drum. So you
0: were uh, kind of a nerd kid?
1: yeah. <laughs> <sife novelty music> you know i was like <laughs> that and uh yeah i played percussion and uh um, was that your first instrument the drums yeah drums. basically yeah yeah because drums are free right you can drum anywhere <sife> using just your hands right you got rhythm yeah me and my cousins we first started like making money when we were real small we would play a uh, harmonica and buckets and we would just go to people's doors, knock on the door and just get to it. Yeah. And then be like, give us a dollar. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Was it- <laughs> can you, can you we, imagine yeah. some little kids going up and going, Woo, <laughs> it, it didn't sound good, you don't think? <laughs> that was horrible. Couldn't play harmonica. I could just breathe. You know, so it <laughs> that worked. was the
0: drumming with your cousins. It was
1: probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> just automatic. So
0: wh- who were the people you were listening to? Because like when I listen to the records, all of them like there just seems to be, and it's weird. Be- and congratulations, like you got a Grammy, a Grammy no- a nomination for this
1: record, I for got your two, solo record. Two of them. Um,
0: oh yeah, yeah. Two which, uh, which for uh, one's for the best rock performance?
1: Yeah, best rock performance. Yeah, I think it was really interesting that I was nominated for rock performance. I'd-
0: well, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. you. there's like there's like, and you've been nominated for like, and then the,
1: the last record won for what all rock album? Yeah, it it is a hard thing to classify though, I think what I do. I don't think I th- it's obvious. I got nominated for Best Rock Performance yeah. and Best Rock Song. Oh, which one? History Repeats. Oh great. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's sort of, I, I guess, but that doesn't bother you. I mean, obviously, being beyond categorization is something exciting, but this fact that, like, you know, is it Americana? Is it rock? Mm-hmm. Is it soul? Is it what? Alternative seems to be a cop out to me mm-hmm. on some level. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I listen, but I'm also a little saturated in, in a very specific era of music, you sound like a soul singer. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel like a soul singer?
1: I sing for my soul.
0: Right? Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of stylistically.
1: Stylistically, I can. I can also sound like a lot of things.
0: Yeah, well, I know. I, I listen to uh, to Thunder Bitch, yeah, which is be- that it, it reminds me of, like the New York Dolls, yeah,
1: or, or the Ramones, or the new, the like early first wave New York punk. That's literally like one of my favorite projects I've ever done, just because it's so free, so free, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> just don't give don't care three chord rock and roll that's it simple <laughs> makes you feel
0: something yeah the end you know? right because I've been reading a lot about uh, I'm, I have to I'm going to be in this movie uh, this Aretha Franklin ah uh, biopic so I've been exciting. it is exciting play Jerry Wexler Oh, congrats! Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, but I'm do. I just read his autobiography, so I, you know, I'm reading the whole sort of movement from swing jazz to bop jazz to soul music to R and B music to crossover music to you know to Muscle Shoals right. to that right. whole scene. And there's like a vibe, you know, with that with the original band with Alabama Shakes, just mm-hmm. because of the bass player. There, there is a vibe, and I think a recollection somehow of that place in music history.
1: Yeah, I think to us, collectively, when we first started the group Alabama Shakes, um, that was the only kind of music we could really agree on. Oh, really? We we all liked that kind of music. Southern soul music? Yeah, just because it had good rhythm section. Yeah. Um, and me and Zach... And, well, all of us really, really liked looking at the liner notes on those old records. Oh, yeah? Because we liked knowing who was in the rhythm section. Yeah. Because we're, we're all drummers at heart, so we're like, oh, yeah, I love this drummer. I love, oh, yeah, Duck yeah. Dunn, love Duck, du- Duck Dunn. Duck Yeah, the bass Jamerson. player, yeah. Yeah, and we're always looking at the liner notes. And um, so... Th- we were like, hey, let's do music like this. We love this music. We understand this music. We were educated on this music. Right. And um that's where it began. It was educated really
0: on that music like, yeah. you know, like uh because of where you grew up or what you were listening to at home or
1: I think what we were, what we listened to when we were kids.
0: Yeah, like who in particular stands out to you?
1: Oh my goodness. Um I go back to doo wop music because my yeah. I spent a lot of time with my grandma. Oh yeah, so I was listening to the Crystals, yeah. and the Marvelettes yeah. and yeah, you know all that Phil Spector stuff that he was putting out, and all those big giant reverb, yeah, uh, you know v- vocals walls of sound. Martha and the Vandellas. Yeah, and um, what was his band? The Ronettes. The Ronettes. Ronnie Spector. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the Crystals especially. I think yeah. they got great songs. And and me and my grandma dancing to that in the kitchen while we're making yeah. biscuits, you know, right? Yeah, and knowing all the words, and then eventually in my life, I run into Zach. Zach's like, oh yeah, I know all them songs too. Yeah, also check this out. Yeah, and we were really into. I mean, the the classics. I mean, Aretha, Otis,
0: right? That that's like you can hear that, right? I mean, you, I can hear that in in the records. I can hear that underneath a lot of the stuff you do still.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people expect that I would want to emulate that, but it's just the way it came out. I didn't know my voice was as strong as it was. Until we were practicing together because mm. we didn't have a PA system, right. so I'm just yelling over all these instruments, right. and that's where. And then we found out, <laughs> oh, we can do this kind of material. We can, do, you know, because you could belt it out. You yeah. could do it because I could sing. Yeah, I, do it doesn't the strike me.
0: I didn't, like I didn't feel like it's like it's weird when I listen to all your stuff. Like, and I usually when I talk to somebody who does music, I try to just spend, uh, you know, a day with the music. You know, kind of going through, you know what 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 stays true all the way through and it doesn't feel to me like you know you're doing anything to mimic or copy or or even to as an homage it sounds like this is how you sing yeah, this is how it seems. Right, but it's weird that it, it drops into a groove that is a legacy
1: of mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and like I said before, that had a lot to do with what we could agree upon and what our education was, why we love that kind of music. And the, the fact of the matter was that was the golden age for musicians. and Right, especially Studio Cats. Yeah, and we love the Studio Cats. Yeah. And we love the Pocket. Yeah, and the Pocket. We nerd out about what how'd they get that snare drum to sound like that yeah or hey that's not one drum set that's a guy over here playing the cymbal right and then the drummer's over here on the other side of the room we would nerd out about stuff like that and we we're super into it
0: that's so wild so like that's exactly jerry wexler's trip mm-hmm. i mean because he was a dude that got obsessed with that studio for very specific reasons and he had a very specific sense of what things should sound like mm-hmm. and he just loved that place and he loved those guys yeah it was uh, what Spooner Oldham and Dave Hood and I forget the other. guy, I, I should know all the names by now, but there was and it, it was interesting because you know he brings. I guess he started with down there was with Wilson Pickett, mm-hmm. and then he brought Aretha down there, and these are all white dudes mm-hmm. that were doing this. And there was this sort of weird moment where like this is these are the guys, yeah, and they could do it. That and is. then I what what really struck me was that. Wexler used them for Atlantic sessions all around like they're all over the place those guys. it gives me a respect for, them.
1: yeah, and that's that's what we held to the highest standard was how good is your rhythm section, and where do you place the other two guitars being me and he f- fogged uh, the guitar player and what do you mean shows. place
0: him like in the studio Where, what's
1: our purpose no oh. what, what's our purpose around the rhythm section oh interesting <laughs>
0: yeah so th- where'd you find your guys like the uh like when did you wh- when would you when did you start first playing with people in high school
1: uh no I, I think i was in my first band when i was either 12 or 13. uh-huh i i wanted to, that was my number one goal to be in a band
0: because of the guys you saw
1: yeah. In the gym. I was like, that's pos- That's the coolest <laughs> possible thing yeah, yeah. that I could do. Right. And I was so... De- even now when I think back on how determined and driven I was, yeah. I'm just like, how and where is that? Or has it transformed? And I still got it, but it just feels different. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was a little kid. But I was breathing music and you were in your band at 12 you ever had a band yeah we were called Kerosene Swim Team Kerosene Swim Team yeah terrible band yeah Yeah, (laughs) well you were 12 yeah but we
0: loved it (laughs) what were the instruments of that band
1: uh drummer bass oh you had full guitar yeah yeah I was actually taking kids from marching band and just being like do you know how to play drums and they are like well kind of like well come (laughs) to my house after school I'm gonna teach you how to play drums you're gonna be in my band and then we just had this rotating door of, of drummers and like all <clears> bands <throat> should. Yeah. The rotating
0: drummer door. <laughs> you know, that's and the And how mythos. long did kerosene... Uh... What was it, Kerosene? swim
1: team? Swim team West. Man, it's so funny because we didn't really have no songs. We just right. had merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of merchandise at twelve? Uh, it's just shirts, and hoodies. Uh-huh. We had oh, thongs. Good. We had coffee cups. Really? Yeah, we were selling everything. Who made that for you? Uh, some website. You could do, you know, oh, you could just order it. Th- yeah, you could just like make it and yeah. have it. yeah, it was selling. It was oh, selling. good.
0: Well, that's good. I wonder if anyone's got one of those, uh, any of that stuff left to still. Uh, so, um, and then what happens? Then what's the next band?
1: The next band, um, I think it was called Madame Tandori's Hammer House. It was like a prog rock band.
0: You were in a prog rock
1: band? Yeah. Guitar I was, playing? Uh, I, yeah, I played guitar in that band, yeah. The
0: prog guitar player.
1: There was like eight of us in that band. We were like a <laughs> trumpet player, really experimental <laughs> stuff. And it was funny, we won a talent well and we win the talent show. We got people's choice the talent yeah. show. And there was, this, there was this one kid's drunk dad, and he was just like, woo! He's like, man, I love that! It's not like Rush! Yeah. <laughs> rush (laughs) you got the prog rock guy yeah so we got that dude's dad and um and then after that uh we i just did my own thing yeah didn't have a band for a while just play wrote music did you play
0: out at that time Mm -mm. on your own you're just singing and writing songs
1: yeah you know where i'm from there really wasn't anywhere to play Hmm. at all um but eventually i got into high school and i met zach bass player yeah still play with him to this day
0: yeah you guys seem tight
1: yeah, that's my brother. Yeah. Yeah, we we both have like a really mutual respect for each other. And yeah. Just kind of getting it. So we, yeah, because we he's
0: on the new record.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. I play with him, I tour with him, and and you know he's also my best friend.
0: Yeah. Because um, he's playing with some heavies on this record.
1: Mm-hmm, and he fits right in. That's great. Yeah, talented dude. And also the funniest dude I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. The dude, God, he's so quick.
0: Yeah. Cracks me up. He's good. He reminds me of, like, that old-style studio guy from that 70s era, you know, or 60s.
1: He's legit, but once we started playing together, we both just practiced, like, after school every day.
0: Just the two of you?
1: Yeah, just two of us. You
0: on guitar and him on the bass? And then
1: sometimes, you know, he'd play drums or I'd play drums or I'd play some keys on it, and we just kind of made our own little songs. Uh Uh-huh. And it was just me and Zach for a long time, and then um, we met our drummer, Steve. He worked at... uh, he worked at the only music shop we had. And, in, uh, in Athens? Mm-hmm. And I just came in. I saw him playing drums. I was like, hey, you want to jam sometime? And he was like, sure. And he came by and we yeah. jammed. He was like, oh, man, I'd love to be in y'all's band. And I was like, for real? Because at the time, he was like the best drummer in town. So I was like, whoa. I was like, Zach, we're cooking now. Yeah. We did like a little demo at a studio. And then he Just as a three piece? As a three piece. Yeah. And then Heath, the guitar player. See, the thing is, Heath was in Stone Phillips. He was the guitar player. From the band you saw yes. when you were a kid? Yep. And he hits us up. <laughs> he has a band. They're cool as hell. They're called Tuco's Pistol. Yeah. And he, he was like, hey, I want y'all to open. I, I heard y'all's demo. I want y'all to open for us. For Stone Phillips? No, it was new no, band. Tuco Pistol. Right. Pistol. Right, got it. And I was like, well- Actually, if you help us out by playing with us a little bit, you know we could probably do that. He's like, "All right, I'll do that." So now we got Heath Fogg, who <laughs> I thought was like the coolest guitar player. Cause they Tuco's Pistol played cool music, yeah. especially for Athens, Alabama. They played Prince, David Bowie. They they played all this stuff, glam stuff. Covers. Yeah. All f- covers. Far less. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it was awesome. Yeah. And so now we got the band. You <laughs> got you stole him from yeah, Tuco's Pistol. I did steal them. you know and. And we opened up the show, and we had, like, 30 minutes worth of covers. We had, like, three original songs. And um, first time I ever sang in front of anybody is a bar. It's called The Brick Deli. Uh-huh. It's in Decatur, Alabama. And, you <laughs> know, they sell sandwiches. They sell beer. Yeah. And they got a little stage in the corner. And you did it. So I was so nervous. And somebody else had played. They yeah. left. And so here we come walking on stage, and everybody's looking at us like crazy. Cause yeah. We look so different from each other.
0: Does, does uh, Zach have the beard and stuff already? I think he had
1: a mustache at that time. Uh-huh. Like one of them curly ones.
0: Yeah.
1: And a golfer cap. <laughs> yeah. So he's going up there. Yeah. And then here's this big tall black woman going up there. Yeah. And then here's Heath who looks like a nice guy. Yeah. And then there's Steve in the back with a Celtics jersey on at yeah. the drum set. And people were looking at us like, what is this about to sound like? And we started the set with a James Brown cover. And we just hit him like that. And people were just... What? Sat up in the seat. What the? Yeah. Thirty minutes flew by. I don't even remember it.
0: But you killed, huh?
1: Oh, people were standing up in the end, clapping, and I was like, I can't believe it. They like it. (laughs) And then the best part, Mark. Yeah. At the end of the night, I walk off the stage, and they hand me some money. (laughs) It was two (laughs) hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was like, What's this for? I was like, Do I split this? They're like, No, that's for you. And I was like, What? (laughs) <laughs> I can pay my utility bill with this. <laughs> what about the rest of the guys? Everybody got paid. Oh, Everybody yeah. got paid $200. Really? Yeah, which is like crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that was like probably the only time we ever got paid that good, you know, during that time period. But it, hey. That's it's nice.
0: It's a good way to sort of give you incentive, right?
1: Well, it was supposed to be a one-off, Mark. We right. Weren't, we weren't going to stay a band. It was just supposed to be like a a thing. But well, so what was that
0: conversation? I mean, what was like uh, like Heath? What did he? How did that kind of evolve? Because like now that you mention why you liked him and, and that second band, Two Gross Pistols, Pistol, like there is some, especially on you know the second record, you can hear that type of rock music moving through some of those songs. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know,
0: there's 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 almost a sort of a, a Bowie-ish kind. I can't remember which song I'm Dunes. thinking of. Yeah, Dunes. Yeah. And, is, is, and, uh, and it's it just strikes me that you kind of lo- the the chemistry between you guys and the respect and that he comes from that type of music he's mm-hmm. got a mind for it it kind of
1: worked out huh it all worked out I mean that's the thing right after the show we all st- kind of stood and like sounds like a scene from a movie but we were all standing in a circle putting his money in our pockets and we looked <laughs> at each other and I was like well guys that was really fun and he was like yeah that was awesome and we all looked at each other and was like. We should do this again yeah and that's kind of how alabama Shake started we just kept playing kept writing original songs uh-huh. and, and that was that and we just word of mouth like we played with other bands and we actually got shows we would drive all the way five hours to play one show get paid a hundred dollars yeah for all of us and then right you know we and just that, did it because we were making music that's
0: real band shit
1: yeah that's, that's real shit
0: yeah and wait now how long did you do you did you continue to play a few covers
1: yeah, we always play covers just because it's fun, you know. We play some Zeppelin. I really, I really like Led Zeppelin a lot. I, I really like that kind of music. A yeah, whole which, lot. which
0: tunes, which Zeppelin? How many more times? Yeah,
1: uh, we play some uh, "Living, and Loving, and Maid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> lemon song. Yeah. The, the crunch. Yeah. Is that what it's called? The, the, cr- grunge?
0: the Grunge?
1: The crunch. Yeah. The crunch. Yeah. yeah. The crunch. Yeah. But yeah, you like but the Zeppelin loves that one. yeah i also played acdc let there be rock
0: yeah and i played that
1: whole solo you did oh i made myself stay up and learn the whole thing angus's wakes yeah because i was like if they see a tall black woman playing this solo they're gonna call us back <laughs> so i was like i gotta learn it i gotta learn it and i stayed up and i learned all of it till my fingers hurt so bad but it made me a better guitar player and you played let there be rock hell yeah i did what yep we, we in played, the beginning, in the beginning, yeah. yeah. Also, um, we played uh, Fairies Wear Boots, Black Sabbath, but so we're doing those like kind of you know, hip, you know, yeah, classic rock songs, hard rock, yeah, yeah. And then also we were doing James Brown, we we're doing Loretta Lynn, yeah. And we were taking those songs and kind of making them how we can make it, yeah. You know? kind of like that garage rock kind of. Ode to doo-wop, though, like, sure. You know like, what,
0: well, and also like you know, by doing that, you you sort of give yourself this interesting musical education, mm-hmm. right? Because Absolutely. like you know, by by integrating all of that stuff into your voices, into your voice, and into the band's voice, then you know it, it all informs the originals, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I learned so much about music just from the other guys. Like Steve would be like, "I really like this song, Space Trucking by." was a deep purple deep purple yeah and i was like hmm, come look, on let's give come it a on. shot you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah and and that, that's that that is what formed that's what started happening when we were going to record boys and girls it was just kind of like take a garage rock take on some of that music from back then that was yeah. actually a lot more <laughs> um Produced,
0: produced, yeah, 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 mainstream big rock sounds.
1: So then, but
0: it's weird because I don't like I don't feel like. Do you feel like that first record's a garage record? It seemed pretty tight to me and kind of like soulful and didn't seem didn't feel like it felt tight.
1: I just well, we played tight, but I just remember how it felt when we were performing the shows. Right, right, it was very rock and roll. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. yeah. You know, we used to be drinking back then and everything. Yeah, but um. Then, then there was sound and color, and sound and color was actually a record that I, I really took a lot of the reins on because um, we had been touring so hard the guys kind of took a break. I think um one of them had some kids you know I you can't think? remember I can't remember <laughs> somebody was having a child I yeah. think and it was just you know I just put it this way: everybody deserved a break right we've been working our asses off touring so much touring that record so hard, and I just kind of forgot to like take a break. And I went straight into, um, maybe I took a month off, but went straight into writing material for sound and color. And it was just kind of different. Everything was different. What was
0: the thought? What, what was different about it? Like, what changed? You felt like you had more experience, I imagine. You felt like you had uh, some sort of skill set and a following.
1: I think just being curious, mm. wanting to make something that I was excited by.
0: Yeah, so what was the approach? What, what was like, you know, like, how did you know it was different?
1: It was because I was multi-tracking a lot of the songs myself, like mm-hmm. doing demos. Yeah. And I, but I, the difference was I would have everything fleshed out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All the parts. All the parts, and and I would have this song, and then I would just put it away, and then I'd do another one, and then I do wow. another. Oh, okay. And then I'd be like, this one I want to write a string section on it, and I was just creating in such a different way i was staying up all hours of the night just getting yeah. weird yeah i built like a <laughs> i built like a spaceship studio setting yeah. down in my basement there was a bat that lived in my basement and i didn't really? even get rid of him just let him live in there yeah sure yeah he, ate a, the, he, he ate, brings something yeah he ate the bugs and <laughs> so how, what,
0: yeah how does how does blake mills get involved in this
1: um you know I always have a. I always. Ha- I really loved Blake's record, Break Mirrors. Yeah, I thought that was just like the coolest sounding record, and I really loved his songwriting style. I thought it was really unique. And that weirdo guitar he plays. Loved, ugh, love his guitar playing. Yeah. And but the thing I loved the most about Blake was his attention to detail. Yeah. Cause I, I love details. Right. And so hearing him and how he, made everything important. Yeah. Um. We Wanted to find a producer really for someone who could get us organized and get us, like, so to speak, light a fire under our ass because we yeah. were kind of just chilling, right? Like, I had some stuff, but we were mostly just chilling, right? Which felt great because we had been on a very long tour.
0: Um, but you'd put together a few demos, so you put mm-hmm. together like a handful of songs, right?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I'd say I had most of the record, yeah, yeah.
0: Because like on that record, because you can hear with Blake, I know he's real sort of a perfectionist and kind of anal about stuff. But it's it's interesting because, uh, like you said, everything stands out. But like there's there's almost a shape to the bass notes mm-hmm. with like you know like he's got a, some sort of strange ear, doesn't he? He has
1: a wonderful ear. Yes. I mean, it's like insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's one of a kind for sure.
0: And did he play it all on the record? No. A bit? No, he just really. He
1: just... I, think he, I think he might have done some percussion on one of the songs. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny.
0: So at that point, like working with a guy like that and and having the experience of sort of collectively producing the first album, Mm -hmm. which is just kind of raw rock approach, you started to feel like you wanted to tackle it. You started to understand production a little better from doing it uh, like in the basement with the bat and then working with Blake and then going into a solo record. You're like, fuck it, I'm going to do it.
1: Well, I will definitely say I was also producing on Sound and Color. Uh We were... Producing together, right. all of us as, sure. a, as a group, um, uh, and the songwriting and all the parts, and every I I had produced um, most of the record.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's hard for me to understand exactly how 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 yeah, it all works. Me too, because there's like you know there's an engineer, there's that, a producer. Right. Right. And then there's like another producer. Like, I I don't know what's credits and what isn't.
1: I don't know. I don't know either, really. I yeah. think that was always kind of confusing to me yeah. as well. Because I just thought, I actually, until that point, thought that all bands wrote their own music. I had no idea that, right. <laughs> I had no idea that people didn't write their own music. Oh, yeah. So when I went in there... It was a bit of like a struggle getting used to someone have, give me some ideas. Um, Being Blake? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just because I'm not used to it. Sure. And just trying to figure that out. Yeah. But then it really developed into just like a really healthy respect of each other's minds. And uh, it, turned to be, it turned out to be something wonderful. And for me, uh, life-altering.
0: How long does it take to uh, record a record like that?
1: I can't remember. A while? Maybe a month. Really? Maybe. I, yeah, it's kind of hard to remember at this point. But I think a month. Maybe
0: it was life altering for you, just in terms of of where it, the attention it brought the band, or
1: there was that, but it was also the type of songs we were doing. I I felt freer uh-huh. because I didn't want to be Soul Revival band because there's so much more. To well, I'll just speak for myself. Yeah, I'm sure to the other guys as well. But there's so much more to me musically. that's it's yeah. more interesting than staying there.
0: Did you feel like you were there was a threat of you staying there, that there was some people that wanted you there? Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, people love putting things in boxes and yeah. they love being able to figure it out. So they would look at me and be like, "Oh yeah, big black woman sings soul music. Right. That makes sense." <laughs> but I was like, "But that's not all of who I am." Right. So when we started doing sound and color, there was more of my expression that got to be free songs like Gemini, songs like Dunes. I, yeah. wrote, I wrote that song um, to completion after I watched a movie. You know, like b- being able to- I get, watched Dune? Yeah, I watched Dune. <laughs> I didn't like it, but I did get that song. <laughs> a
0: lot going on in that movie. Yeah, there's too much going on in that movie.
1: Um, but yeah, d- being free and then further more, doing this record now, being totally free. Jamie. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, working with um, Robert Glasper and uh, with the drummer, what's his name, Nate? Nate Smith. I mean, these are these are real, you know, jazz
1: dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how did how did you get involved with them? It like goes it goes back to the beginning. My passion is rhythm sections. Right. My 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 passion first and foremost is players. I yeah. love musicians. I wouldn't really consider myself a musician yeah but I can pick up an instrument and use it as a means to an end sure I like just creating things yeah and so I've been following Nate for probably three years now just him as a drummer yeah love drummers yeah (laughs) And I, he, to me, he's my favorite drummer in the whole world. Really, I think he's the greatest drummer in the world.
0: What, what, now, what, what determines something like that? Because, like, I listen to drummers. I'm sure I listen to them much different than you do. But it took me a while to really appreciate the differences and the nuances. So, mm-hmm. what, what about his drummer? What does he do? What's his a signature thing that he does that makes you go, like, this guy's the guy? Have you ever heard him play? I heard him on your record, and I'm oh. checking, I think I've heard him with. I don't know who else he's played with.
1: He has his own group called Kimfolk, but just any drum shop video he's doing, the thing I love the most about Nate Smith is the way he expresses himself through drums. It's not like, look at me, I can technically do all this stuff. Uh It's like the way he does it. Uh The way he does it to me feels like the dirt of the earth, like Uh original You know, talking about like goat skins strapped to like a log, like original Uh drum, like original what it's about, gets in people. Yeah, He has a lot of emotion in the way he expresses himself through the drum skins. And that's why I relate to Nate Smith and why I wanted him and asked him to be on this record. Wow. And it's the same thing with Robert Glasper. Robert has a very big personality. You should have him on the show actually. I'd
0: like to. I mean, I you know, like I've been spending a lot of time the last couple of years really kind of trying to get into jazz deeper. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, that there's that amazing new movie out about Blue Note Records, you know, Beyond the Notes. Mm. And and he's all through it.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he's
0: a new Blue Note guy.
1: He's connecting a lot of young people. That's right. Back to jazz. Right. Through hip hop, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it, it all makes sense. It does. It, it's all connected. Yeah. And I wanted Rob on it because Rob was doing, a, I, I, first of all, I love his playing. I love his personality. I love who he is. Yeah. He loves what he does. Yeah. And I wanted some of that energy on this record. Uh-huh. And, and I really wanted him, not, you know, I, I wrote a lot of parts that needed to be how they were. Mm-hmm. But then there was also a song, 13th Century Metal, where he just went in.
0: Yeah, that's a trippy song, man. What, what what's the story on that, on that it's, it's funny
1: we're working on another song yeah. and, we, and we had set up these keyboards you know, yeah. we, were, we were looking for like a funny wonky sound yeah. and we said hey Rob go in there and, and missle that keyboard let's get some sounds off that keyboard real quick yeah. and he just goes in there and just starts playing it eight minutes later <laughs> we had the whole song Oh my god!
0: And like, why, why that title? I mean, not that it matters. Well, it just sounds like that to me. Thirteenth century.
1: Yeah, metal. You're playing like some like Gregorian chords. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. like trippy, and then like the guitars coming at the end, and it's like really chaotic and right. oppressive. And yeah, that's wild. Yeah, the thing is, like, I love music. It, yeah. it, I know that sounds so cheesy and corny and goofy, but I just it does something to me that when I hear it. I see things, I visualize things, I go elsewhere. I just really am taken to a different place. And, and it elevates me, like listening to it can change my entire uh, perception of what I'm going through. Just, really? just a song, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really important to me. And it is, it's entertaining, of course, music is entertaining, but it's also like it's something, something else is going on.
0: It feels that way, you know, because when I watch you perform and sing, like I get emotional. And I don't like, and I'm not even that big a words guy. Like Uh you know, I'm not. It's not about the words. Uh It's about what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And there's a a, 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 like a a rawness to it and an honesty to it that's almost overwhelming for me. (laughs) You know, I I I get moved. And it's not even about like I, I i have to listen to an album three times before i can even hear words mm-hmm. Like I, I hear I hear I melody i hear rhythm mm-hmm. and i hear you know uh, hooks i hear guitars i hear all the other instruments but words are very hard for me to focus on yeah because if i'm going to focus on words i'm not listening to any of the other stuff
1: i just i, I first thing i hear is uh what's this drum beat doing yeah is that bass player doing yeah well oh, what's the point of these guitars
0: What's the point of these guitars? People
1: just be putting guitars on everything, just solos, and let me put this on here and put this part over here. Just like, what's it doing? Yeah, what's it doing? I feel like there's not a lot of people who are asking that question. What's it for?
0: Well, you you're very deliberate about the guitar parts. Like there was one I was just listening to. I don't know if it's on the new one or if it's on the other one. Where there's like a, I think it's on uh, on the sound and color. Where it's almost like it's a guitar run underneath. It's playing the the rhythm to a degree, but it's a note-for-note note thing that repeats itself. Mm. It's like a big arc of a riff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what song it's on, but it's a very decisive kind of guitar trip going on there.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just supposed to inform you how you're supposed to feel when you're about to listen to these words. Everything's connected.
0: And what's, but what about your sense of melody? Does that just happen naturally?
1: Yeah, the melody, it has to feel good to sing, and it also has to carry my message. Whatever I'm trying to relate to somebody, I got to be singing like that, on this record that I just put out, Jamie. Yeah. I sing so many different ways. Yeah. Because to me, everything's like a little vignette. Yeah. It's like this is how I feel right now, but sometimes I feel this way. Yeah. Sometimes I'm outraged, 13th century metal. <laughs> I have no singing to do. I just got to tell you what I got to tell you. Right. There's songs like that, and then there's songs where I feel small, feel juvenile. A song like Georgia. Yeah. Makes me feel like a child, and I have to sing it like a child.
0: Where'd that one come from? How do you mean? The song? Did it come from a childhood experience, or the thoughts of it? Or? No,
1: it was just like sort of like a fantasy world. Oh,
0: the emotions were childish. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a, fa- a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's how I came at things. I came at it like this because I'm like, that's how I may be able to get people to feel where I'm coming from. Uh
0: huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like a doorway into you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, when you say that, it makes me sound like I'm giving myself some kind of extra importance, but I don't no, know. Yeah. It's not like it's not like about that because people ask me like, "Well, why'd you do this record?" I'm just like. Uh. Just making records, kind of what I do. I don't have a great answer. <laughs> Why'd you do I don't that have record? like a great, brilliant, philosophical answer. Uh, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's not like. Well, I think like well, the, getting back to the child thing, like yeah. that's interesting you say that because like when you offer that part of yourself up, when you and when you show your your childish emotions, especially if somebody like like me, I think there's the emotional honesty of of showing your childishness emotionally is. Uh, it's probably the realest you can be mm-hmm. in a way, you, mm-hmm. you know because like I know emotionally i'm I'm a fucking child, <laughs> uh, most
1: of us are so
0: right <laughs> so, so like if there's an opportunity where I can show that without being found out in a way uh-huh. or or actually engaged in an interaction where I'm behaving childishly mm-hmm. that there's a real honesty to that it's it's almost a, it's almost you know heartbreaking and and beautiful if you have that within you to to show it.
1: Yeah, I feel like, if ideally, yeah. if everyone was running around being more like children in a, how do I say this, in a more positive, joyous way. Right, open way. Like, a, yeah. Yeah.
0: Embracing the, yeah.
1: Um, Well, I say the world would probably be a lot more fun to be in. That's for sure. <laughs> but it seems like everyone's running away from being a child. They don't want to be a child. They don't want to act childish. They don't want to cry when they need to cry because they're scared.
0: Well, that's one thing. But I think that there's the childishness. Like the one thing I noticed about myself, I don't know if you, I don't know where your, where your anger is. But uh, but if you have childish emotions. And you rage like a child, but you're a grown adult. Mm-hmm. That's scary.
1: Well, yeah, but now you got to take care of that little kid in you that's angry.
0: I know. But I you're know. grown. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: Right, you know, because I find myself, I used to, you know, rage out and throw tantrums. And I'm like, you know, if you're five, you know, this is manageable. You can get by. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you're 45, dude. No. Nah, and dude. It, and it's like toxic. Yeah, you ain't gonna
1: get by with that one. <laughs> Somebody gonna pull your card one day
0: <laughs> and beat you down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my card got pulled a couple times. But yeah, you know, so that, and that's a, that's the kind of work I'll do with my creativity too uh-huh. is to process that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's the same thing as is what I'm doing is processing out loud in yeah. front of everyone, right, night after night.
0: Right, but music is magic, so you know you got that. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean, like. It's not just talking. There's there's a magic to it. So you know, mm-hmm. you, you surround your expression of these emotional truths mm-hmm. with beautiful sounds, mm-hmm. melodies, drums, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it goes in that way. Mm-hmm. If you were just up there talking, going like I'm fucked up. It's like, <laughs> all right, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, this isn't entertaining. I'm <laughs> I don't I would go to that show. That's as honest <laughs> as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked a- up and here's why. This is it. Thank you for coming. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, music, being a being a, a musician up there, singing, yeah. I don't really like the talking part where you gotta be like, "Hey, guys, welcome to the show, yeah. waka waka waka," yeah. all that stuff. I don't like that stuff. That's not. I don't. I'm not real good at that. Yeah. I'm Very actually, few
0: musicians are. You I'm actually few. kind
1: of a bashful person. Uh-huh. Uh I like to laugh. I like to have fun. Yeah. But I don't like giving group speeches. Yeah. Um. But when you're singing, you have the vibrations and you have all this information, uh-huh. everything's information. Yeah. And then I'm also saying what I'm saying to you, and everything gets to resonate to this giant crowd of people who also are having their own feelings and creating this own, their own energy within this auditorium and theater. Yeah,
0: and there's a, 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 a symbiotic thing going on.
1: But it's a crazy feeling. I bet. Yeah.
0: Because you're playing in big houses now, right? Yeah, pretty big. Yeah? Yeah. And hey, you meet a lot of your heroes?
1: Um i have i have um heroes
0: because well, you know you get higher up the rung in show business all of a sudden you're hanging out with those people where you're like oh my god
1: that's yeah that person it's so interesting uh my heroes are people you wouldn't really expect yeah like, like uh there's someone named georgia ann muldrow uh-huh. she's a producer she makes music herself and she's someone who really inspires me yeah yeah, her honesty, her childlike nature, she's so open. Where'd you get hip to her? Um, my keyboard player told me about her a few years ago. Uh-huh. And once I started listening to her music, I was like, I, w- when I was growing up, I'm not accustomed to seeing female producers. Mm-hmm. The first female producer I could think of was Missy Elliott. Yeah. And I was, was hugely inspired that she was doing everything by herself. Yeah. And I'll never forget her saying into the camera thing with MTV Cribs. Yeah. She's like, if you want to make real money... <laughs> you got to write it, produce it and sing it and make your own videos. And she's like that's where it's at. And I was like, oh, "Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that then." That sunk in. Yeah, and um so George yeah. and is a hero that um I think goes unsung. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to be on the road with her uh-huh. and play with her and watch her do her thing, sing with her. And uh, that's just that's just elevated my mood to a thousand percent. It's
0: great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually get to work with the people that you respect is great.
1: Yeah, and seeing her do her thing, man. And it's like a hero's, like, you know, everybody would expect, like, oh, yeah, you got to meet. Uh, I don't know like uh, Sammy Hagar or like whatever someone's <laughs> hero. I don't know <laughs> Did you meet Sammy Hagar? No I just don't can't yeah, think no. of any musical heroes but
0: Paul McCartney
1: Oh okay but Paul mm-hmm. he's a cool guy
0: Yeah like it's funny too right? I
1: like the Beatles and stuff I didn't grow up on the Beatles yeah. like a lot of people yeah. older than me did Yeah the Beatles to me was like de facto like this is this is uh, music this is hits this is yeah. what music's supposed to this is like one of those pinnacles that was there and yeah. I kind of took it for granted in a way because it wasn't new. Right. It's like, like it was always there.
0: It's familiar it's just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an so ever I kinda, present. I kind
1: of took it for granted but yeah. but it, then I started listening to Beatles more and I was like, "Wow, oh, this is just sick. I really like John Lennon. Yeah, like his songs course, a, yeah. a lot." And, um, then I met Paul McCartney. I didn't know what to expect, yeah, and he was like the coolest dude to hang out with. Yeah. I hung out with him one night. he was up later than me. I left club at two a m He was still there, yeah, till like four a m just chilling, <laughs> and then I got to sing with him, and he was just the nicest, most disarming uh just cool chill dude
0: yeah i met him once i talked i interviewed him publicly and yeah i was sort of surprised
1: yeah yeah
0: he's we, fun well yeah because you got to figure like that guy's been a public personality since he was like 20.
1: yeah he's made for it too i mean yeah, yeah. It, but it's like uh, there's, it, it's his whole life yeah if you're in the beatles which one do you think you'd be
0: i was well that was weird because i was always a john person yeah okay you know and uh, you know because i grew up with them i, I was I, i'm still not that age you know but i you know because they were when i bought those records i was in high school in the 80s so mm-hmm. they was done yeah, yeah but yeah. i i definitely knew the beatles and i had their records but uh for you know, i was i was a john person and when i when i got the opportunity to to interview paul mm-hmm. there was really part of me was sort of like oh man but i'm fucking john guy you know like when i what am I going to talk to this other dude for? You know, like I was—I really thought that. Like, ah, oh, Paul. All right, mm-hmm. I guess I'll do it. Yeah, but yeah. it was amazing. Exactly. He's a fucking
1: beetle. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was it mean? like singing with him? Oh, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun as hell. Yeah, I was nervous because here is the funny story. We were playing um, "Get Back." Yeah, there was solo in it, right? Yeah, and I was like, I'm about to go out here, at Lollapalooza, like eighty thousand people out here, and. I had it in my head that I was gonna be the one playing the solo. On the guitar? So, yeah. So I practiced it front, backwards, upside down, every way, cause I was like, there's, I bet out of this 80,000 people, about 20,000 of them play guitar. Yeah and if I get up here and bungle this solo, they're gonna boo me. Yeah. So I practiced till my fingers hurt, and I had this solo. I mean, I couldn't have messed it up, could've done it any kind of way, underwater. Yeah. And I go up there, and they're like, Brittany Howard gonna sing with me, and I come out, and I'm like, whoa, the stage is lit up, it's got yeah. all these like disco lights on it, so I'm yeah. like, distracted, whoa, this is cool. Uh-huh. Get up there, start singing the song, time for a solo. Crank my guitar up, go to play, and I hear somebody else's tone playing my solo. I yeah. look over, and the guitar player's got the solo. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> I got it, stop, stop playing that song, su- I got it. Yeah, We just, you know, we and- just we just both played it. <laughs> we both played it. The dual lead. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. went back and down, I had practiced too hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, did, did you guys laugh about that? Did you know it happened? I don't even think he noticed. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exciting, man. So you guys played it uh, at that? What was that? Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. Yeah. Lollapalooza. You played there and mm-hmm. the main stage too. Mm-hmm. That's big, right? Yeah, it
1: was, really, it was really big, really big, really big deal. You know, with Alabama Shakes, we've done a lot of crazy things, a lot of things I never thought I would do, such as moving out of the South. Or you know, standing. where are you living now? I live in Taos, New Mexico now.
0: I grew up in New Mexico.
1: No kidding. Where you grow up? Albuquerque. Yeah, I live in Taos.
0: Wow, what the hell's going on in Taos now? I don't know. I can't even imagine. Like I went when I used to ski there when I was a kid. I know there's things going on up there. Like people are living
1: around there. Mm-hmm. I have
0: my recollection of the town was just a s- ski town, you know.
1: You know, when when you travel as much as I do, and you go out to all these cities, it's all yeah. these cities, you want to go somewhere naturally beautiful. Sure. So that's why I found this beautiful house, like a you know, yeah. It's not an earthship. It's like an underground sure. house, and I got a it's an underground house. Yeah. It's called a berm house. It's uh-huh. just—it's just literally just the tops covered with earth. Beautiful wow. house. Yeah, it's wild. Beautiful view in a mountain. Yeah, uh, I have elk in my yard like yeah. daily. Oh,
0: that's but, beautiful.
1: Um, I like to keep it very chill when I'm home, and then when I'm on the road, it's all crazy fireworks, all this stuff, you know.
0: No, Taos is beautiful, and it's just—it's like I, it's—it's it's kind of a hassle to get there though, isn't it? Don't you? Would do you fly in Albuquerque and then drive?
1: Yeah, but I'm moving now.
0: You're moving. Now? I gotta
1: move, dude. I, I can't, I can't be doing this my life, which makes me happy. at yeah. work and at the end of a tour, taking like the whole day just to get back home.
0: So you're not you're getting
1: out of town. Yeah, that's the idea. Okay, that's the idea. I don't I like I don't want to, but. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna kill myself doing this stuff, like going all the way back and then all the way back again for like staying home for two days, but one of them days was just traveling. And right, you
0: stay home for two days and you got to drive two and a half hours to the airport, to the airport three and, hours?
1: And then make my connections to the place I'm going to.
0: Yeah, that drive's rough.
1: Oh yeah, and forget about it if you're going overseas, it's just crazy.
0: From Albuquerque? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, you, you got to like, make connect three like times. Three
1: connections. Yes. Yeah. Can't
0: do it, fascinating stuff. <laughs> so what's going on with the, okay so you uh, you're touring this record the solo record now
1: mm-hmm yeah uh just finished up a tour last night in oakland
0: how'd that go it
1: was, it was awesome it great was, it was awesome and you touring with robert and nate i'm not touring with robert oh i am touring with nate uh-huh um i have an eight-piece band uh-huh everybody's necessary i got two guitar players brad allen williams alex Shakur. I got two key key players. I got Paul Horton. I got Lloyd Buchanan. I got two singers with me, Sinead Johnson, Karita Law, and then I got Nate Smith on the drums and Zach Cochran on bass. Section, yeah, rhythm section. It's solid now. Yeah, yeah, it's solid now. I love my band. I love what I do more than ever.
0: That's great. And and now where is there? I guess a dumb question, but are there any is is there any hard feelings when you do the project outside of the Shakes? Is it that? Are you just moving on? Are you gonna? Is that done? Or you don't think about it like that?
1: Uh, I don't really think about it so much like that. I think of it kind of fluidly. Uh-huh. Like with me leaving the Shakes was really really hard because by nature I don't ever want to hurt anyone. Right. And it was a hard decision choosing myself or, or choosing my brothers because mm-hmm. they are my brothers. Yeah. And it, I didn't know how to do it in a way that wasn't going to hurt someone. Yeah. And I thought, you know, honesty is the best policy. Right. And so I had to speak on it, how tired and and exhausting it was to always be the one uh, working. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just determined that I, I've, I've spent so much of my time working, I haven't really enjoyed yeah. why I work right. in a long time. Yeah. And so I had to tell them, and we sat down and we talked about it. I mean, we spent half a day just sitting there talking about it and me just trying to tell them that it's not any anybody's fault. It's not anything anybody did, or it couldn't have been helped. I think it's just the natural way of things. And at first, when I was tell, when I was talking to them about leaving the Shakes, I had no intentions of making a record. Yeah, I just wanted to go on like a road trip. Yeah, I just wanted to go live wherever I wanted to live and just have have my own life without my decisions affecting anyone else. Yeah, Cause it, was very, it was very symbiotic being in a band. You know? Yeah. Uh, anything I do, they get asked about, and anything they do, I get. You know. Yeah. Um. So I think at the end of it, everyone understood. It was really definitely loving. Did it in the most loving, honest way I possibly could. And then I went on that road trip, and I looked to new places to live and made my own decisions for myself. That that was a big me. shift. Yeah, yeah, it was a big shift because I'm not the kind of person that's like I'm not a selfish person. Yeah, I usually think of myself last. Yeah, because that's just how that's just you know. Yeah, that's how a lot of women are raised in this country actually. Yeah. So thinking of myself first was very strange, and I felt kind of guilty about it. Yeah, because it makes it sound selfish, but it's not selfish. It's just no. being good to
0: yourself. Sure, and also like you said, you know, you, this is it. You live once. Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. And you know. And you want to keep moving forward and experience new things and and have that kind of freedom and you know only answer to yourself it's yeah it's a great choice to
1: make so that's so in the in and our here road, we are on a road trip that's where I made a decision like well what am I gonna do yeah I was like
0: shit yeah I'm not good at anything else mm. <laughs> what were you really thinking about doing other things yeah. I mean did well, you were you gonna start a farm Yeah,
1: it's gonna be a fly fishing guy oh fly okay. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well, I mean, but there, was there a moment though where you were sort of like i'm d- I am I can not do music right now I got... yeah yeah definitely, oh, definitely.
1: Wow. I was just like, oh my god i'm I'm so tired, and i I never in my life ever want to do it for the wrong reason, yeah. which is money right i don't I don't want to do it for money because that's when you that's when I dilute everything I love, mm. and the reason I live is to do this, yeah, so I can't possibly do that, so eventually, somewhere on that road trip, I was like, uh God, I guess I have to uh. I'm gonna make a record
0: yeah I'm gonna reckon with me <laughs> yeah
1: and I and that's and that's where it got started that's where it all began and like you said now I'm now I'm sitting here before you talking about it
0: well it's it's a great record thank you. and I'm I'm a big fan I find you know what you do very uh, raw and moving and, and new and exciting mm. I like it all
1: thank you so much and it was you.
0: great talking to you great talking to you thanks for coming I'm a
1: huge fan of the show by the way
0: oh I appreciate that yeah thanks for doing it
1: yeah of course
0: wow that was cool right talking to her it was for me did you enjoy listening the new record or like well get any alabama shakes record and her new uh, her newest is a solo album called uh, jamie and uh, she's nominated for two grammys best rock song and best rock performance for history repeats from jamie and uh that was awesome i i enjoyed that happy christmas happy hanukkah make sure you don't hurt yourself in the new year and now i'm going to play some music that i recorded a little earlier and it took me like an hour to land on this groove which i imagine i've done before monkey all right listen